All right. Well, good morning. Great to see you guys. Got to start with a joke because that's what we do every morning. And this one is going to be really good, I think. Ever since I was a child, I always had a fear of someone being under my bed at night. Anybody else relate with that? Did you have that fear? Did you? Okay. So I went to a psychiatrist and he told me that I've got problems. (laughs) 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 They're good at that, aren't they? Every time I go to bed, I think there's somebody under it, and I'm scared, and I think I'm going crazy. So the psychiatrist said, just put yourself in my hands for a year, and um, talk to me three times a week, and we should be able to get rid of those fears. How much do you charge? And he said, $80 a visit, replied the doctor. So I'll sleep on it, and... uh, If needed, I'll come back to you, is what I said. Six months later, a psychiatrist saw me on the street. He says, why didn't you uh, stop in about the fears that you're having? And I said, well, 80 bucks a visit three times a week for a year sounds like an awful lot of money. My neighbor cured me for free, and I was happy that I saved all that money, so I went out and bought a brand new SUV. Is that so? With a little bit of attitude, he replied, So how did your neighbor cure you? He told me to just cut off the legs of my bed. (laughs) Ain't nobody there now. (laughs) If you ever have that issue, that was really bad. You're like, your head is hurting right now. Yeah. All right. I'll keep researching Reddit for jokes. Well, today I want to talk to you guys about what needs to be restored. We're talking about restoration, and uh, so we're going to talk about what needs to be restored. You know, restoration is bringing us back to something. It's bringing our heart back to something. It's bringing our lives back to something. So I want to talk to you about Adam and Eve. God created heaven and earth and then he, uh, um, created earth and the water and with fish and animals. And then he created man. And then he took one of man's ribs and he created Eve. And he would, he created this place called the garden of Eden. It was this beautiful place where Adam got to sit down and name all the animals. And God was with them in the garden, and he'd walk with them. He'd tell them stories and share his heart with Adam and Eve. There's this beautiful connection of God and man. And then God said, hey, you can have this entire garden and go ahead and enjoy all the fruit that's here. But you see that tree over there? I don't want you to eat anything from that tree. And so Adam and Eve decided they wanted to kind of take matters in their own hands. And they ate the tree of good and and evil, the knowledge of good and evil. And sin entered the world. 
And the reason is because they did something that God asked them not to do. He said, you can have everything else, but that tree right there, I want you to stay away from. And so sin enters the world, and God comes back to the garden, and he's walking in the garden, in the cool of the day is what the Bible says. And Adam and Eve start hiding from God. This amazing connection that they had with the Lord, that they were able to walk with him in the garden. There was, no, there was nothing that would separate them. They never felt ashamed of how they looked in front of God. They never felt ashamed of how they looked in front of each other. They never even looked at each other. What they looked at was God. And they were made in his image, in his likeness. And they loved that relationship. And then they sinned. And then God comes in the garden and Adam and Eve start hiding all over the place. They're trying to hide from God. The same person that they had this beautiful relationship with, they start hiding from him. And God calls out to them while they're hidden and says, where are you guys at? And Adam said, we hid. God calls to his kids. Where are you at? And Adam and Eve are hiding. They're, it's not that they didn't know God's voice. It's not that they didn't know God. It was that they were scared of him now. They were ashamed of what had happened. They didn't know what was going to happen to him. And ever since then, God has been trying to restore people to himself. He's tried to bring us close. Come here. I got something for you. You know, that shame, that guilt, that's not me. What God actually does is he, he brings his people close to him. And he wants to talk with us, walk with us. He wants to be so near to us at all times, just like it was in the garden. He wants to restore this relationship that he had with his people. Where we can actually hear his voice. There's not a whole bunch of fear associated with his voice, but we can hear him. When he speaks, we're like, yes, that's the Lord. I, I understand. Okay, God, this is what you're inviting me into. That same relationship he had with Adam and Eve is the same relationship he wants to have with you and I. That we can hear him. Our ears can be attuned to him. This is what the book of Jeremiah is all about. The book of Jeremiah is Jeremiah's a prophet, and he's trying to tell people God wants you back to himself. He has a desire for your heart. He wants to be your God. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. Do you hear him calling? We're going to look at Jeremiah 13, 1 today. And just look at how God calls to his people. I want us to discover together how the Lord speaks to us. And how he wants to be our God, how he wants to have great communication with us. He wants to speak directly to our hearts. And so I'm just going to invite him to do that this morning. Uh, would you guys just pray with me? We're going to be looking at Jeremiah 13. If you want to turn there while I'm praying, that's great. It'll be up here on the screen too. So God, we just, uh, we thank you so much that you do want to speak to us. That you have a desire for us, Lord that you knit us together in our mother's womb, that you're the great creator, 
and you created us with purpose. And so, Lord, for each one of us, God, I just, just pray that you would just speak directly to our hearts. Lord, would you speak to me as I talk and uh, just lead and guide this entire service? Yeah, we want to hear from you, Lord. That's why we woke up, braved the snow, pushed through it, and got here. That's why we're at home just tuning in. And Lord, we want to hear from you. Would you speak, God? You're our desire, Lord. Be our heart's desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Jeremiah 13. I just want to let you know right now that uh, Jeremiah 13, 1 through 7 is probably the weirdest, the weirdest passage I've ever read in the Bible. <laughs> You're going to find out why. I mean, there's some weird stuff in the Bible, trust me. But uh, Jeremiah 13 is, is really odd. <laughs> so check this out. Jeremiah 13. We're going to get to God speaking to people, but I want to start with this because... Um, I just wanted to start with this passage. It's so fun. This is what the Lord said to me. So Jeremiah is listening. He's always listening to God, isn't he? Have you guys like picked up on that? Like God has told me I'm supposed to do this. God has told me I'm supposed to do that and go to this. And like it's not easy. It's always challenging what Jeremiah, you know, is called into, isn't it? So Jeremiah, this is what the Lord said to me. Go and buy a linen belt and put it around your waist and do not let it touch the water. So uh, the message version and the word belt is actually another word for shorts. So run the Walmart, grab yourself some champion shorts, and then don't let them touch the water, okay? So I bought a belt as the Lord directed and I put it around my waist. And then the word of the Lord came to me a second time. Take that belt that you bought and are wearing around your waist and go now to Perith and hide it in the crevice in the rocks. So I went there and hid it in Perith, as the Lord told me. Many days later, the Lord said to me, go now to Perith and get the belt that I told you to hide there. So I went to Perith and I dug it out, dug out the belt and took it from the place where I had hidden it. And it was now ruined and completely useless. Okay, so like, like I said, it's like the weirdest passage ever. So it's the Euphrates River. Perith is in the Euphrates. So what God had told Jeremiah to do, go buy yourself a pair of linen shorts, okay, and don't let them touch the water, and then take them about 200 miles away, okay, go walk 200 miles, and then find a rock, and then push them into the crevice of a rock, and then let the Euphrates River, like, run over it, right? And so it gets really nasty. You know, could you imagine, like, sticking something, a pair of shorts in the Mississippi River and the rocks right there? Gonna be all, it's going to be all moldy and nasty and falling apart. And so God tells Jeremiah to do this. And the belt represents that um, what he says, don't let it touch the water because he's letting people know that he doesn't want them to think that anything else has distorted this relationship. So God's trying to use this beautiful picture of linen shorts as his people. And he's saying, like, as the people of God, don't let it touch water because, like, if you let it touch water before we were sticking in the crevice, then that would mean, like, oh, both of us has distorted this relationship. But God's trying to show them, like, God has been their God, and he hasn't done anything wrong to them. It's actually them that have let the sin and stuff like actually ruin this relationship with the Lord. 
And so he has them walk 200 miles to Euphrates, stick it in a crevice, and then he says to do this. Then the word of the Lord came to me and said, this is the word of the Lord. The same way I ruined the pride of Judah and the great pride of Jerusalem. These weak, wicked people who refuse to listen to my words, who follow the stubbornness of their hearts and go after other gods and serve and worship them, will be like this belt, completely useless. For as this belt is bound around the waist, so I bind the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah to me. So God was saying this relationship is so amazing with you and I that that God wants to be so close to us, so intimate with us, that we're like a belt bound around his waist. That where he goes, we go, right? That where he leads, we, we follow. We're part of what he's doing. And he says, like, I had this relationship. You guys used to follow me, but now you're, you've completely walked away and you're completely youth, useless, like these pair of shorts that have a bunch of mold and nastiness and are falling apart. For as a belt is bound around the waist, so I bind the whole house of Israel, declares the Lord, to be my people for my renown and praise and honor. But they have not listened. They have not listened. I just love that God is so descriptive. You know, he uses this belt idea. Well, let's try the belt idea because, Jeremiah, I've sent you to preach in front of uh, the buildings that people are gathered in. So what I'm going to do is like, let's, let's try the whole like linen shorts and stick them in a crevice and, and see if that reaches people. Like, let's, he's willing to try anything at this point. How can I get people to listen to me again? Right? Like, let's try, uh, I don't know, go, go buy some shorts, stick them in a crevice, and then show them the people, like, look, the word of the Lord came to me and said, these shorts are worthless, and he's saying he wants you to listen to them, and he wants your relationship to be back to you listen to God and follow him. It's not that people didn't know God's voice. They knew the Lord's voice. Jeremiah was bringing the word of the Lord all the time. It was that they just wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. Their ears get so full of everything else going on. God keeps telling them, hey, the north is going to attack. I want to protect you guys. Would you just listen to me? Would you come back to being, you know, my people? Step away from the other gods that you have. I want to be your God. Otherwise, the north is going to attack. They're like, yeah. Well, we're going to need more descriptive things. And Jeremiah's like, well, I bought a pair of shorts. I stuck them in a crevice. I'm showing you, like, God really wants you to listen. This is your relationship with God right now. Would you listen to this? Yeah, no, we're going to continue to worship other gods. It's not that they didn't know the word of the Lord. It wasn't that Jeremiah wasn't good at presenting God and what God had to say. It was that their ears were just full Hearing God and obeying looked like for the Israelites, Israelites that they turned from other gods, that when they'd be pulled away to other gods, that they would actually hear God and turn back to him. When a prophet would speak to them, 
they would take into account what the prophet had to say. Like, we follow the directions. Okay, uh, this is what the prophet Samuel says, so we're going to follow him. They would trust God for their food and their, their water and their direction. This is where the Lord's leading. They'd worship him, follow his commandments. This is what hearing and obeying look like for the Israelites. You see it in time and time again that when they would screw up, they would repent. Like King David would screw up all the time. You read the Psalms, you're like, wow, he screwed up a lot. There's hope for me. Yeah. <laughs> but what would happen is David had a heart of repentance. So like hearing God and God going, hey, I don't like this. Like that's causing a riff in our relationship. And they would repent. That's what it looked like. That's not how it looked in Jeremiah's time because he's constantly inviting them to repent. They just constantly wouldn't hear from him and obey. Hearing God and not obeying for the Israelites looked like choosing to serve and worship other gods. That other gods got their devotion, their hearts. They started worshiping the sins of the land. The thing that separated them from God became more important than their own God. It wasn't that they didn't know God's voice, it's that they choose not to listen. I think it's really tough question for us is hearing and obeying God can look a lot similar. It can look very similar. Hearing and obeying God and hearing and not obeying God can look very similar. Because both come with trials. God says something to us and we obey it, and God says something to us and we don't really obey it. They both come with trials. Hearing God uh, can come with some trials, and not obeying God can come with trials. Obeying God isn't always the easiest route. How many of you know that? Obeying God isn't going to be the easiest, safest route, is it? Sometimes it's, uh, it's hard. Jesus even says it's hard. Not obeying God isn't easy also. Sometimes we can put ourselves through a lot of pain and sorrow, God invites us into something, we don't obey it, and then we walk through a lot of pain and sorrow that we didn't need to because, like, man, if we would have just obeyed God. They can seem very similar. Listening and obeying God can increase suffering. Paul tells us that when we suffer, we suffer for Christ, and we should consider it joyful. It doesn't seem easy and like, did I hear God correctly? Like, why in the world am I suffering right now? This doesn't make any sense. And not listening to God and not obeying Him can also increase suffering. Sometimes we walk out of God's provision and His protection. They can seem very similar. Both come with trials. Both are not easy. And both increase suffering. For this reason, I think it's really hard to figure out, am I hearing God correctly? Trials, increased tension, increased enemy attacks, increased suffering. You're like, what's going on? So one of the best ways for us to know is, are we listening to God? Did I hear you correctly? Am I following your ways or did I just put, like, my fingers in my ears and go, la, 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 la? <laughs> One of the best ways to know is to ask him. 
Remember this relationship that he's restoring that I, I gave you the picture of, the Garden of Eden, where God walks with us? He's with us in the moment. He's with us in every aspect of our life. Ask him. And be okay with the answer. Yeah, that is the life that I have for you. That is, that's what I'm inviting you into. This is the new job that I'm inviting you to. I'm, I'm inviting you to go to the school. This is, this is where, you know, the new city that I'm putting you in. No, that's not the job that I have for you. That's not the school where I want you. Be okay with the answer. Because he says things. He, he's talking. We just get to Listen. No, that's not really the relationship that I want you in. That's, that's not really the, that's not the one I'm wanting you to pursue. Or, yeah, that's it. Good, you're like, yes. <laughs> Ask him, what do you think about this, God? She's really cute. He's really funny. <laughs> what, is, what does God say? What does God say? Because he wants to talk to you. He wants to have this relationship with you. It might save you a lot of suffering, right? God, what do you think about this relationship? Yeah, that's really what I'm inviting you into doing right now. No, I, I, I don't really want you to move. I want you to stay in the Quad Cities and suffer through the snow. Be okay with the answer. So he's like, no way. The word of the Lord has spoken. <laughs> Suffer through snow. <laughs> Spring is on the way, people. Ask God and then be okay with the answer. Our response is truly the difference maker. To say, God, it's your will and not mine. Okay, God. I'll wait. It's probably the hardest answer to give the Lord. I'll wait. I'll be patient. Okay, God, would you take that like sin, that separation, that thing that's separating us? Would you help me remove that from my life? Ask God. Really open up our ears to him and, and really seek his voice in things. I think it's easier for us to find people to support our stupid decisions. I, I agree with that. I do it a lot. My wife doesn't let me do anything stupid, so I don't ask her. <laughs> I, just, I do stupid stuff on my own. <laughs> I think with, with the, the um, with as many different people that are speaking right now that we have access to, we will find some prophet that will tell us what we want to hear. And I'm like, this is a really stupid decision, but you know what? There's, there's a couple Bible verses on it, so we've like created this whole theology on this. And like, there's so many prophets out there that aren't like pastoring people through anything. They just speak to a YouTube channel and that's it. 
And we'll find them if we really want to. Sometimes wise counsel can sound like people wanting to tickle our ears. Ooh, that is wise. Yeah, that is, that's what I was thinking, so it's got to be wise. If your wise counsel is telling you that suffering or maybe walking through a hard time that you're facing or you're maybe because you're facing more battles than normal, then, then you're not listening to God, I just want to say like, that's probably not wise counsel. Because wise counsel looks like walking through things with people. And even they're in challenging times in following Jesus, you will face suffering. It doesn't mean you got to quit. It means you keep going. It means you turn to him for strength. When I personally want to know God's heart for a situation, I bring God in on this decision. You know, what, what is, what's his thoughts on this? Should I respond to that person on Facebook? What do you think, God? So it wasn't that Israel didn't know God's voice. It wasn't that God wasn't trying to get a hold of people's hearts and remind them of the life that he has for them. It wasn't that God was just lazy. It wasn't that Jeremiah wasn't a good preacher. It wasn't that he wasn't a good prophet. It was that their ears were just plugged. They just wouldn't listen. Jeremiah tried everything. He even tried a dirty pair of shorts. They just didn't want to hear it. In this relationship with Jesus, the best way to know if we're listening and we heard him correctly is to just ask him and be okay with the decision. It's really simple. God, is this what you're doing right now? And then be okay with that. Is this the direction you're leading me in? Is this the relationship you have for me? Be okay with this decision. There's a couple of amazing tools that the Lord gave us, and one is the Holy Spirit. And so if you want to know, am I listening to God? Am I following through with what he's invited me into? The Holy Spirit resides inside of us, resides inside of us. So when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit. And so there's some things in our life that when we do them, we're like, that doesn't feel good. Even maybe if it seems fun or, you know, it's the Holy Spirit going, that's not what God has for you. It just doesn't feel right. That's the Holy Spirit maybe inviting you into, no, that's not what the Lord has. This is actually causing a rift in that relationship. So he gave us the Holy Spirit, and we can just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, is this what you're doing? Holy Spirit, would you guide me? Would you lead me? Would you take that away from me? Is this the relationship you have for me? We can invite the Holy Spirit. He'll speak to us. And a lot of times the Holy Spirit is really still and small. And so when, if you invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you, and you're hearing a lot of yelling, this is what I told you, stop, you know, all that stuff, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit doesn't yell and he's not angry. Holy Spirit is still small, powerful. It's a small voice inside of us that we know. If the Holy Spirit sounds like a lot of fear, oh, I don't know, that seems really scary. That's not the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Spirit's not scared of anything. It's not scared for you. So we can invite the Holy Spirit. Is this, is this something that you're walking me through right now? The other thing is, when God speaks to us, we will know by his word. And so I invite you, if you're like, man, you know, I haven't really heard the Lord speak to me very much lately. I feel kind of distant. I invite you to read his word. Because what it will do is it will actually reveal to you things that God's trying to say. And so as I'm reading Jeremiah, I'm getting this like notion like, Lord, I'm totally put you on mute in a lot of areas of my life. And that's just from the word of God because the Holy Spirit's speaking to me and saying, Neil, here's some areas I want to just, I want to invite you into changing. And then I open up the word and I read Jeremiah and I'm like, how can they not get it? Like Jeremiah has a dirty pair of shorts. How do they not listen anymore? And I'm thinking to myself, like, how many times in my own life has God been like, Neil, dirty shorts, like, <laughs> change, yeah, do something different with your life, or here's something I'm trying to show you. So read his word, open up your Bible, use a Bible app, it's great, just put a Bible app on, put, press play on the way to work. It's a great way to just learn how to hear God's voice. then lastly, if you like, have a big decision ahead of you and you're thinking, I really want to know the right direction, try fasting. It's a really practical tool. It's probably the worst thing in the world. I hate fasting. Right? Yeah. We hate fasting. No. <laughs> it's so good, though. And, and it doesn't have to be like, okay, I'm going to... 40-day fast with just, like, lemon juice, right? You don't have to do that. One, one thing is, is to take some different things out of your life. If every morning you wake up and you turn on your phone and you start scrolling, fast from that for a while and see what else happens. You know, fast from Netflix for a couple of weeks and see what happens. You know, fasting can be something that just, it draws your attention back to God. I know for us, uh, we... We had a group at our house, and we moved our TV into the other room. And so, like, I just go to bed watching The Office all the time. That's how I know The Office so well, because it's in my brain. Osmosis, right? Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, <laughs> we moved the TV in the other room, and so now I wake up in the morning, there's nothing on, and I'm going to bed, and there's nothing on. And uh, what was yesterday morning, I just woke up. And God's like, I just love this time with you. And I was like, Lord, what, what do you think of today? And he just said, I just love my son. You know, I'm just so proud of you. How, how great is it to wake up like that, <laughs> you know? Just to know that God loves you and he's proud of you and he has plans for that day. And I just had this overwhelming sense of peace that Steve Carell can't do. And so fasting, like just maybe take out some things out of your day-to-day -day life and just put them on hold, put them on the shelf, move them out of your room, just being able to go, God, I really want to start learning and hearing your voice. Would you teach me how to do that? I got things that I want to like get rid of in my life that I want to actually tune into you instead. And he'll bless that. He does. So invite the Holy Spirit, 
read his word, and maybe try fasting. I really believe that the Lord has us in a place where he wants to restore his voice to our hearts. God wants you to hear him. He wants to speak clearly to you. He wants you to listen. He wants to have that relationship. He'll use any means possible to make it happen. I was going to share um, just real quickly. When we started this church five years ago, five years ago, when we started this church, I was uh, at a conference, and during a time of just music and stuff, I, they asked, like, hey, does anybody want to come up front and, like, kind of hear from God? Pretty much what I'm inviting you into today, you know? Um, and so I ran up front, and, you know, music's playing and stuff, and the Lord started just speaking to me, and he said, Neil, I'm inviting you to plant churches. And I just sat up front and just wept for like, I don't know, a good two or three songs. Just weeping because I didn't want to do that necessarily. It wasn't the first thing on my list. Uh, I was really comfortable where I was at. And, uh, but God called me to that. And they started showing me pictures of like what that's going to look like and, um, it has been that calling, that original calling, that has got me through really hard times. Because if it was my own strength and it was my own will, like, I'm going to go be a pastor, I'm going to start churches, like, I wouldn't be here today. There's no way, because, I mean, it's hard. Planting a church in downtown Davenport's tough. And um, it's truly been the Lord's calling on my life. That when things go wrong, when they're suffering, I go, but God, you called me into this. So here I am. I'm going to keep powering through because this is what God's called me to. And I believe he does that with each one of us. Like in different seasons, it may look different. I just know enough Palmer students to know that when you're in school, it's like, you got to know that you were called into this because it's really tough. I've lived in the Quad Cities my whole life. <laughs> I've met lots of Palmer students. You know, I just know that like being a mother, it's really hard. And so you got to remember like, no, this is what God's called me to. Well, I don't know about being a mother. I know about being a father. <laughs> and that's really tough too. And just to know this is what God's called me to. And so I just want to encourage you today, if you're, if you're facing suffering, if you're facing trials, if, if, if um, you know, it doesn't look like you planned, it doesn't look like you imagined in your head, it doesn't mean that it wasn't the Lord's calling on your life. Both come with trials and suffering. It doesn't mean that you're not being obedient to God's calling in your life either. You are being obedient. This is what he's called you to. So I just invite you today. The Lord wants to just speak to you, encourage you. And I just invite you to just to listen. You know, 
to take out anything else that would want to distract you, anything else that would want to pull your attention away from God's voice. Just remove it and to listen. Let's just tune in to the Lord for a moment. Would you mind doing that? Just hear if God wants to say anything to you. I just feel like he wants to bring some encouragement to each one of us in this room. So I just invite you to just go ahead and close your eyes. Sometimes that really helps to just kind of tune our hearts in. Yeah. So Lord, we thank you that for restoration, that you restore our, our relationship, that you restore our ears. And so, Lord, I just pray that over each one of us in this room, that you would restore anything that would try to want to block your voice from our, our hearts this morning, and we'd just tune in and we'd hear you loud and clear. Just invite you, whatever's on your heart, that you're just like, God, you know, is this, is this the direction that you were inviting me into? Is this... Would you bring some encouragement in this, Lord? Um, I just invite you to do that right now in this moment. Yes, Lord, just bring strength and encouragement, Lord, and in every way, Holy Spirit would just uh, fill up each person in this room to full. Just tune into you this entire week, that this would just be a week of really learning to, to hear your voice, God. Just push away all other distractions and any other voices that want to speak to this congregation, Lord, that it would be exactly your voice for our, our hearts that we would hear from you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful relationship we can have with you. Just invite you, we're gonna close out with a song. And um, just invite you as you sing this song, just. Remember the words of it. The Lord wants to bless us and keep us, keep us near. So if you could just stand up and let's just sing together.